Hello there, I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van With the Real Property St. Pete podcast and, and Remax Metro. That's right. Amen. We've had a couple of weeks off and we're back, which is great because just right before we came back, what happened? The statistics came out. Yeah. Yep. We get to talk about the market. And you know what my favorite subject is, right? Statistics. Right. And more specifically, the absorption rate. <laughs> I was going to say that, but then I was like, <laughs> well, statistics sounds good. So in the Pinellas Realtor Organization statistical presentation, they present absorption rate as a percentage. And so I was looking through it and I'm thinking, how can I simplify this and help people to understand what's going on with that percentage? Because often we talk about it's a three-month absorption rate. We say that, okay, there's three months of inventory on there. The number of active listings compared with the sales creates, that's a number of months of inventory, right? We talk a lot about the months of inventory that are there. We've been all the way up to four. We've been less than one month. And recently we've been two and three months. And at this particular time, in April of 23, we are at 1.6 months of inventory for single family homes in Pinellas County. That's almost two months compared with April of 22, which is less than one month, 0.9 months. So 22.9 months, 23, 1.6 months. So you're using absorption rate, but you're really talking about month supply. So they're the same thing. They are basically the same thing. And that's kind of what I wanted to explain today. So if you look at the absorption rate that we have right now, in January, it was 36%. In February, it was 52%. In March, it was 89%. And in this month, April, it was 71%. And let me rephrase. A low absorption rate means that homes are selling slowly, suggesting a buyer's market. Market. It's interesting the jump that we had in March. That was enormous. Yes. And so we started moving back towards less than one, but we're still over one month of supply of inventory. Yes. Because okay. it's 1.6 months. So if you go look at your months of supply of inventory, it's 1.6 months in April, it's 1.7 months in March. That's more than one month. Where if you look back to a year ago in April, it was 147%. That means three homes sold to every two homes on the market. I love that you jumped back a year ago because it's such a great reference to what's happening now and right. what it looks like compared to then. Yeah. So let me read off the absorption rates in 22 that correspond to those months. In January of 22, it was 186%. In February, it was 210%. In March, it was 244%. And in April, it was 147%. When you get into those 200s, it's more like two weeks of inventory. Well, that explains what was happening if you were a buyer in this market and made it so difficult to be able to purchase a home. Right. And so when you think about the days on market at that time, they probably were seven days on market. No, they were probably like two or three days on market. Right. So that's <laughs> what these huge numbers in the absorption rate mean. Once you go below 100%, then you have more than a month of inventory. Like for January, we had 36% of the absorption rate. That probably means we had about three months of inventory because it's one third. Right. So that means one home sold for every three on the market in January, but we're back up to 90 and 70, which is good. I mean, we're closer to one and a half months. I mean, what it calls out there is 1.6 months for April. 
I just think that what we're trying to say here is that when you see absorption rates and you see this percentage, you have to understand that that's the number of houses sold divided by the number of properties on the market. And that's why it reverses when it's more or less. I've always felt it was a great pulse on what's happening in the marketplace. So I think that's why we keep going back to that statistic and talking about it. Right. It's what buyers actually have to look at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's below 100 percent, that's good because, you know, you've got somewhere between two and three houses per every sale to look at. Well, and while one would think that's a great situation because it's certainly much better than things were a year ago today, it's still a tricky spot to be. It's not a lot of inventory to choose from. Right. And everybody wants a nice house. We're going to go back to that, which is an important factor. Yeah. I read today that 36% of the buyers are baby boomers and like 20% of the buyers are first-time home buyers. So that means that 56% of the buyers don't want to do any work. Interesting. It's their first home. They're like, we don't know anything about a home. We want to buy something nice. Mm-hmm. And if you're a baby boomer, you're like, I don't want to do any work. I just want to buy something that's nice. I have all cash, mm-hmm. which is the story of the house I just sold. Tell us about it. This family has been working. The couple has been working for about four to six weeks. They they ended up putting a new roof on the house because it was 20 years old. Then they did staging. They did cleanup. They fixed some holes in the walls. They fixed some hinges on some doors that were messed up. They did some painting. We did a full staging of the house. They did all those things, and it took about four to six weeks to get all those things done, including the roof. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, we put it on the market last Friday at 4.30, and we were under contract in three days. We've already done inspections, and we should have the entire thing completed in seven days. Wow. One week from contract to contingencies met? One week from pressing go in the MLS to- Contingencies met? Yes. It's Amazing. an all-cash deal. That's great. Yeah. It great outcome. 935000 That prep is vitally important towards success. And I failed to mention pricing too. I mean, we looked hard at all of the comparables. We discussed it. They were reasonable. They said, I think this is a good price. I I did too. I felt like it was a value pricing and we had three offers and we got full price. Very good. Yeah. So I think pricing is a big part of it too, like you said, and we've talked about that before. Do the work, pick the right price, be done in seven days. I mean, that's pretty fantastic fantastic outcome. Congratulations to both of you. Yeah, that was great. And to you. Thank you. So let's get back to the statistics. So I think the next thing that we have talked about before, but I really felt like I wanted to dig in a little bit more to median sale price versus average sale price. We had an interesting thing happen in March where the average sale price went negative 1.1%. And that's the first time we haven't had an increasing average price in the market. That's big because I've been talking about that and that's what you predicted, but I said no. Right. Well, you know, I did predict it and I feel like I was wrong. And then in April of 2023, this month that we're reporting on, average sale price up 8% year over year. Here's the thing that I'm bringing up about that. It's an interesting thing to find, but what drove me to look at closer is the median sale price which the average sale price is the entire volume of sales dollars divided by the number of houses. Right. That's simple. Mm. Whereas the median sale price is interesting because half the sales are below the number and half the sales are above the number. It's directly the middle of each unit sale. It's the middle price. Mm -hmm. Because if you go January through this year, January was zero, same as last year. 
an average of 2.5%. So that's what the average increases is versus the, you know, the 8%, 6%, 0%. I mean, it's so much more volatile with this. And it's very steady because when you look at like the actual number, the gross dollar number, 400,000, 430, 445, 450, they're numbers that are easy to see and curves that make a lot more sense versus 600, 550, 580, 570. For six thirty for average sale price. Yeah, I mean yeah. they're all they they they're they range the over a hundred thousand dollars of range. Mm-hmm versus in the median sale price, we're talking five to $30,000 range. Well, and it's interesting too, because those numbers for the year average are pretty different too. So like the average sale price overall for the year is up almost 5%, but the median sale price is only up two and a half. Yeah. And it's just so much more steady in terms. And they say in here, so I like the note from the economist. It says the median sale price is our preferred summary statistic for price activity because unlike average sale price, median sale price is not sensitive to high sale prices for small number of homes that may not be characteristic of the market area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that kind of says it all. I always thought of average sale price as like a pulse on what's the the average affordable house in a particular area. So for this statistic, it's Pinellas County. And that's a scary number if you're a first-time home buyer because that average number for April is 630,000. No. I mean, that's kind of crazy. A first-time home buyer and that's the average sale price for your area? Right, whereas when you look at median sale price, that's a great point you're making that the median sale price is 450,000. Yeah, within the FHA range. That feels a little more palatable. But if you think that half the houses that sold, sold under 450000 that's pretty good. That's better. Yeah. It's a much better number, yes. Yeah. I mean, that makes you feel different about the market, doesn't it, as an outsider? It makes you go a little more few than the mid-600 range. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> well, anyway, that was just something that I was looking at after our last discussion about sale prices and looking at those two things. And I think covering the absorption rate is worth it one more time just looking at months of supply the way pro puts it out there and then what is absorption rate and how are those things related they're very closely related they're basically the same thing as a matter of fact but i think the only other thing in here that we know is going on is that it's 21 days is the median time to market versus last year it was six days so the days on market is 250 percent higher so that gives everybody a little more time to look everybody a little more time to breathe and that's probably okay we've talked about it allows for some negotiation but if you want to sell fast like we talked about get it clean, get it ready. Make an investment into an upgrade that buyers can latch on to and see value in. Yeah. I mean, I've had this conversation with some other people that, you know, you can either spend your time before going on the market, getting prepared, or you can spend the same amount of time waiting for someone to accept the house with its flaws. I love that point. I think sometimes people don't consider with the amount of taxes, insurance, mortgage payments in today's marketplace, the investment you make up front, you can save days on market. So yes. it's, re- it's a really good point. You have to think about that. Someone told me one time, and I think this is a great number. I may have mentioned it in a prior podcast episode, but I, I feel like it's very relevant and good timing to bring it up that 
When you're thinking about selling your home, typically you should invest about 1% of the sale price of that property into preparation. Yeah. I was trying to remember that percentage to tell some people, but I'm glad you reminded me. I thought that might be it. Well, look, you think about 1% is a very low percentage. It's not a small number if you have a, a valuable home. I think we have a number of good examples of people making that investment and having an excellent outcome. They're doing better than the average. They're selling in in a week, less than 21 days. So if that's your goal, I think it's funny because I do meet with some people and they say, well, I don't need to sell fast. But you know, in my mind, there's a conversation that's going on, which is it's going to end up costing you when you don't. And it's such an inconvenience. I mean, to continue showing the house. I mean, think about the most recent sale for me was that, you know, they had two kids and a dog and they both work from home. Well, so, and I saw your showing activity. It was a lot. Yeah. I mean, we showed it about 12 times in two days and they had to leave every time. I mean, and it's it, it's a it's a big inconvenience. But I mean, the great news is they're excited because we're getting tons of activity. So we know we're going to get an offer. So they feel good about it. Good. But you get a month into it and you're still getting out of the house. And all the prep that goes into that, having it show ready. Right. And you're only getting one showing at a time and you're not getting an offer. It becomes annoying quickly. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes that takes a little experience to figure out. Right, 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 right. But I hate for people to learn the hard way. I know. They could listen to our podcast and learn the easy way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Everyone should listen. I know. Well, this was fun to incorporate some other things into our statistical debate. I hope everybody got something out of it. I think it was a great update and always good to keep current on matters of real estate and what's happening in the market. I always love doing it. I know it's your favorite subject. It's fun. I like to see it. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with Remax Metro. And the Real Property St. Pete podcast. See you next time.